welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast uh, here in the Co. recording with Jeff Sisk, who is the president of the TCAT here in Jackson. Is that the, did I get your title? Uh, right? Director is what we're called, yeah. Uh, Jeff, wel- welcome to uh, the R. Jackson Home Podcast. Um, we're going to get into talking about the TCAT, which is the Tennessee College of Applied Technology here in Jackson, mm-hmm. um, here in a few minutes. But before we talk about that, uh, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, you, you're kind of in a role that's not necessarily as, get as much press as as the president of Lambeth or the president of Lane or uh, Union, but you do serve a really important role. And so most of us might not recognize you on the street, mm-hmm. but what? T- so introduce yourself to us. Let us know who, who Jeff is. First of all, th- thanks for the invitation. I appreciate the invitation to be here and, and, and the opportunity to talk about the Tennessee College of Applied Technology. Uh, who am I? Um, I'm, a, I'm a lifelong Madison County resident. I'm a Southside High School graduate, okay. class of 85. Go Hawks. Yeah, I tell how old I am already. Um, I'm an adult learner. Uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm a, you know, a, a son. So I, I, many different things in my life. But um, someone asked me, how did I get to where I am today? Um, I, I'm incredibly blessed be doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I feel like what we do in higher education is, uh, you know, our goal is human growth and development to help people. And mm-hmm. I get to do that on a technical education side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mentioned I'm an adult learner. I, I finish an associate's degree at the age of 22, a bachelor's degree at the age of 30, master's degree at the age of 38, and a doctorate over a month ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. So twenty-three years of night and weekend classes oh, to get wow. to learn today. So yeah. I can really empathize with adult learners who mm-hmm. wanting to go back to school and to get that next degree. Um, I did it all with kids and married and working full time, and mm-hmm. um, certainly wasn't the easiest way to do it. But I think I learned a lot more. Yeah. Uh, not only about the subject matter material, but myself as well. Adult learners are, uh, when I first started community college back in Illinois, um, adult learners were the people that always asked, is there no homework today? Yeah. <laughs> and as an 18-year-old, uh, or maybe I was probably 17 at the time, you're like, go away. Yeah, those are the, <laughs> yeah, they sat in the front of the room and asked all the questions. and yeah. And yeah. But I wish I had cared as much at the time, yeah. like if... Yeah, because you can't tell seventeen-year-old Kevin, you can't tell how you can't tell twenty-seven-year-old Kevin anything nowadays. But um, you could tell me even less back then. Yeah. So I wish I had cared as much as the adult learners frequently care. Yeah, and, and I guess it's an interesting route. Um, I joke a lot when I graduated Southside. I went to Lambeth. I was on scholarship. I was a baseball player. I was half athletic, half academic. Um, at the end of my freshman year at Lambeth, I made the dean's list, but it was the list of students that the dean needed to kick out of school <laughs> for poor grades and poor attendance. And it wasn't that I wasn't smart enough to uh, to succeed in college that freshman year. I just didn't have the the time management skills, the maturity mm-hmm. level uh, mm-hmm. that it took to be successful in college at that yeah. point in my life. Um, Worked in a couple of jobs, manual labor jobs, and, fi- and and quickly realized I needed to go back to school yeah. in order to be successful. I joined the Tennessee Army National Guard and got the GI Bill. Okay. Uh, and that allowed me to go back to Jackson State Community College. Had a wonderful experience at Jackson State. Got my associates and went to work in the IT field way mm. back in the day in the late 80s, early 90s, back when DOS 
ruled the world and was before <laughs> Windows and stuff. And, and ultimately, um, did IT work for a few years, got, uh, saw a teaching job advertised. Uh, at, then they were called the Tennessee Technology Centers, now mm-hmm. the Tennessee Colleges of Applied Technology. Got into that. I was an uh, IT instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, hardware and software, things like that, and uh, um, taught, then eventually got into student services, counseling, recruiting, and then administration, uh, and now I'm a director out of TCAB, been in about 20 years now. That's, um, so we, and when this interview comes out, we'll also release our Dr. Blanding interview, mm-hmm. and so two of our uh, heads of state for the educational <laughs> programs in town took kind of not the, I'm not gonna, I'm just going to be a teacher type thing. Yeah. You kind of took a little bit of a longer way there. Yeah, in a very non-traditional route, I guess. Uh, and again, I think I learned a lot more doing it that mm-hmm. way. I'm not sure my wife would agree that that was the best way to do it, but uh, yeah. but she's incredibly supportive. I got a, my beautiful wife Stephanie. We've been married almost 25 years now. Um, my daughter Hallie is a sophomore at the University of Memphis in mm-hmm. Memphis. My son Mitch is okay. a high school freshman. Uh, sitting out in the lobby waiting for his yes. dad to hurry up. <laughs> I gave uh, him the Wi-Fi password. Yeah, there. okay, cool, so, cool. All right. Uh, where does he go to high school? He is a, he's a freshman at Trinity. Okay. Uh, my wife teaches at Trinity. Okay. She's an art teacher. All right. So you got an IT dad and an yeah. art teacher mom. Yeah. And so my kids are very uh, uh, they're exposed to both ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Now, so. um, you said that you just finished your doctorate I did, degree. literally. Uh Defended a couple of months ago. I uh, had my hooding ceremony a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. that was with uh, University Mem- of Memphis. Memphis at Memphis. At Memphis, yeah. Um, and so, what was your doctorate in? It's an EDD, uh, higher and adult education mm-hmm. administration. So it falls really in line with what, I, what I'm doing right now. That that works out really well. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so Jeff, with you've gained all these this education and stuff. Why have you stayed? Why have you stayed here? This is home mm. for me, you know, mm-hmm. which is ironic. Our Jackson home. Jackson yeah. is my home. I, yeah. I love it here. I've had I've had opportunities to go uh, out of state and work. I had a couple of headhunters call me uh, after my master's program with my experiences in technical ed and things. And uh, my kids love it here. My wife loves it here. And uh, when they're happy, I'm happy. That but is... Jackson is home. My parents are here, okay. born and raised. Um, there's plenty of opportunity here uh, for me as well. And the, the, the school that I work at and, and the system within which I work, um, I feel like I'm making a difference and we're, mm-hmm. we're impacting people positively. And, um, and I'm not sure I could do that somewhere else, but yeah. I'm having that impact locally in my hometown. And that's very unique. That is, um, I just got back, it, we're recording this um, Monday after Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it won't come out till. It'll probably be February when this sees the light of day. But I just came back from my hometown, and uh, it's, it's, it's a shriveling old coal mining town. It's yeah. shrinking, and I wish that I could help it more. Um, but my life has been made here. Mm-hmm. Work is here. My, my business is here. And, um, and so that, uh, that is a blessing that you get to, to yeah. serve your home like that. Yeah. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna jump into our first break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about that school that you're serving and that's making a difference. So, uh, sitting here between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is our Jackson home.
and we're back with the R. Jackson Home Podcast. I'm here with Jeff Sisk. He is the director of the Tennessee College of Applied Technology in Jackson. And uh, Jeff just kind of introduced himself to us, but the reason we call Jeff in, uh, I'm, I don't know Jeff personally, but I know he, I'm sure he's a, an amazing, fascinating individual. But we really called to talk about the TCAT yep. uh, and what the important role that it's playing in West Tennessee. And I imagine most of our listeners don't know a lot about it. So drop some knowledge on us, Jeff. Sure. Well, in the state of Tennessee, there are two systems of public higher education. One is the University of Tennessee system. So you've got Knoxville, which is uh, the, the land-grant university, and they have branches in Martin, Chattanooga, uh, and a medical school in Memphis, the University of Tennessee system. The other system of public higher education in Tennessee is the Tennessee Board of Regents. Six universities, including my alma mater, the University of Memphis, uh, there are 13 community colleges, uh, including three here in West Tennessee, uh, Jackson State, uh, Dyersburg State, and Southwest Tennessee Community College. But there are also 27 colleges of applied technology, uh, nine in each grand division of the state. Uh, our school here in Jackson, as well as some of the other surrounding communities. Uh, what we focus on in the, we call ourselves TCAS, but what we focus on in the TCAS system uh, are those post-secondary technical skills or super uh, skilled jobs that you need uh, um, that, that are the backbone of the economy. Uh, we train welders and machinists and tool and die makers, truck drivers. Uh, we do a few allied health programs in the TCAT system at Jackson. We do surgical technology, the operating room assistant scrub okay. techs. We also do LPN. So at any term, we'll have 100 LPN students. Um, enrolled at all of our various campuses and stuff. Uh, Jackson is, uh, is a fairly large TCAT in the system. We'll have 500 full-time students and another 250 to 300. Is that at one campus? Or? Uh, multiple campuses. The main campus here in Jackson okay. by the airport, we have a fairly large extension campus in Lexington Okay. and a couple of instructional sites at different places. You, know, you, you and I were talking earlier about the uh, McWhorter Center mm-hmm. on, on campus at Jackson State. Our tool and die and machine tool program is located in the McWhorter Center uh, there at Jackson State. So... Yeah, another 250, 300 uh, part-time students, night students, dual enrollment high school students. Mm-hmm. So we can we have high school juniors and seniors who are literally still in high school will be taking classes at the TCAT either on their campus or at one of our instructional sites. So uh, you just mentioned some high schoolers that are taking classes. Where where other where are some other places your students come from? Uh, I looked at a demographic report. We've got students from 23 different counties. Okay. Uh, we've got folks coming from Middle Tennessee. We have, we have a couple of unique programs at our school that other TCATs don't have. Uh, the average age of a student at a technology, uh, I still call them technology centers, and that, that would cost me a dollar back in the office. <laughs> um, at the TCATs, uh, it's about 27 years old. We okay. Don't get, we don't get a lot of kids right out of high school, although it is our, it is getting a lot younger, mm-hmm. the Tennessee Promise scholarship that's out there. But yeah, 27 years old. So typically what happens, uh, a, a TCAT student's life experience isn't all that much different than mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to school and uh, go to a post-secondary institution initially after high school, for whatever reason, they didn't finish. Mm-hmm. Um, went to work, and before you know it, you're married. You got kids. You got a truck payment. You got a, you got things you got to do, and so you have to work mm-hmm. and make that money. At some point, they have an epiphany that uh, you know what to get ahead and to stay ahead. I have to have a skill that an employer is willing to pay me for. Yeah, uh, and so they'll make they'll have that realization. <clears throat> 
and then they'll come on back to a TCAT or a community college normally to start. Um, I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we'll have a dozen or so students who have bachelor's degrees who will come back to a TCAT to pick up a particular skill Is that, that someone's looking for. Did they get like a degree in German polka history or something? Uh, I haven't seen that one yet, you know, it, but, uh, and I'm not going to throw shade at different majors <laughs> and, and try to guess who they are, but typically it's going to be a degree uh, in a major that's not very marketable for our area. Especially with just a bachelor's well, major. Yeah, absolutely. They'll have to go to grad school if they really want to pursue uh, work in that particular um, in that particular degree, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting student demographic. We're pretty much probably 55, 45. We have 55 percent of our students are men. Uh, 45 percent will be women, uh, just kind of depending on. Uh, in my particular area of research, postdoc is non-traditional students, women pursuing training in non-traditional occupations. That's mm-hmm. always fascinated me. Uh, women learning to become machinists and welders and auto mechanics mm-hmm. and things like that, too. So we really actively pursue that as well. Uh, you mentioned that uh, maybe they'd have to go to graduate school for some of these degrees. Graduate school is super expensive. Yeah. What is, how, does the, how do people pay for TCAT? What's the... Yeah, the, uh, the tuition's fa- uh, still fairly affordable. I, probably 3400 bucks a year. Tuition, wow, about okay. eleven hundred, twelve hundred per term. Is that very um, by program or no? That's our that's our standard tuition. Okay. You, you may have an extra, you know, the, the book cost in the nursing program will be a little higher mm-hmm. than the book cost in the machine tool program, but anywhere from thirty three to thirty six hundred bucks a year. Uh, most of our students will get the full Pell grant, just like you would at a community college mm-hmm. or a university. Um, the lottery grant that the TCAT students can use is called the Wilder Navy Technical Skills Grant. Uh, which is an additional two thousand bucks title. a year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A governor, former Lieutenant Governor Wilder, and uh, House Speaker Jimmy Nafee, both West Tennessee uh, mm-hmm. members of the General Assembly, put that together. Um, so yeah, it, it, going back to school uh, and not having money to go back to TCAT is not an excuse. There's a lot of grant money available, mm-hmm. and now with the Tennessee Promise of Tennessee Reconnect, those are last dollar scholarships, and so all you're really at will be book money if you want to come back to school. Wow. And so, and, you know, technical skills are in high demand. Uh, I just came through Leadership Jackson, and the one thing we hear from all the um, employment and economic development is we've got to have workers. We've got to have workers. We've got to have workers. So I'm sure, I don't, I don't know if you know, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so hopefully I'm not throwing you under the bus. Do you have an employment rate number? Oh, yeah. Um, we're measured by our accrediting agency on three specific numbers, benchmarks that we have to meet to maintain okay. our accreditation. Uh, program completion rates, program mm-hmm. placement rates, and licensure exam pass rates. Uh, we're all above uh, the benchmarks and all those. So 84% of our students graduated last year. 91% of our students were placed in a related field related to their training. And I want to say 96 to 98% or uh, first-time pass on our licensure exams, LPNs wow. and search techs. Now, it's interesting because going to a TCAT is different than going to a community college mm-hmm. or your university. You don't rotate classes. Our students are literally in the classroom or the lab of their program Monday through Friday from 8 in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So a welding student's going to be there. So think about it. There's 30 hours a week. Welding training. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to take English and algebra and mm-hmm. biology and literature and art. Not that there's anything wrong with those classes, mm-hmm. mind you, but it's not going to help them be a good welder. Mm-hmm. 
So their day is spent in the welding classroom and the lecture side, but most of the time it's in the welding lab itself. The best way to learn how to weld is to to weld. Everything's based on, uh, it's it's called the theory of experiential learning. Mm -hmm. It's a Harvard-trained psychologist, but anyway, um, it's essentially, you're gonna read about it, you're gonna do some small group instruction, you're gonna do some one-on-one instruction, and you're gonna get out and do hands-on. The best way to be a welder is to learn to weld. Mm -hmm. Same thing with a truck driver. The second or third day in the classroom, you have your permit, you're gonna be out in the truck riding with the instructor, so. Wow, so and so you've got a huge place. Now, one of the things I've heard recently about colleges is that the, the dropout rate is, is big. Yeah. And so if you're having, did you say 80 or 90? Yeah, it's pushing, it's a little in the low 90s, well, 89 to 91 normally. Uh, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. Um, and that, and and so those people are going ready, and we're entering the workforce yeah. uh, for a low investment, really. Yeah, most of our programs are one year long. Okay. But you're getting thirteen hundred contact hours in one training year. Mm-hmm. We go year round. Mm-hmm. You don't get the big two to three month summer break. Yeah. So we'll start back up January fourth. Just like real life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you don't get a summer break uh, uh, out in real life either. But yeah, we'll start back up January fourth uh, for that term on a trimester calendar three equal terms during the year. That term will end towards the end of April, get another week break between terms, start back up in May, and go May to the end of August. How do you handle employees, or um, employees, how do you handle students who might be working? I mean, it's, it's you know, one of, the, one of the things you can do at maybe Jackson State or Lane yeah. or Union is that you can uh, go part-time right is there I, I guess that's not part of the design of the program it's or? not uh, and we have very limited options in the TCATs and, and that's that's purposeful mm-hmm. and that's why we have such a high completion rate because you can't go part-time if there's you know if, if I have an empty seat in our program we'll consider a part-time student but full-time students have a priority okay we need you there we need you to be committed it's normally it's gonna be a year or less and you're and you're through. Mm-hmm. Why extend that? I, th- I think sometimes um, students are, it, freedom of choice is great, but we give students too many options that can be overwhelming. Yeah, Paral- uh, paralysis of choice. A- absolutely, uh, um, paralysis by analysis. They will sit yeah. there and overthink it and not sure what to take next. Uh, um, sometimes their, their guidance, their advising uh, may be ineffective, Mm-hmm. But when you come into a welding program or a machining program or a, an LPM program, we know what you're going. We know what you're going to do on day one. Mm-hmm. We know what you're going to do on day seventy-five until the final day uh, of uh, your program. So it's very prescribed what you're going to do, and I think that's a key to uh, our high completion rates. And these people are walking into jobs. Are they good jobs? Or? Oh, absolutely. The, uh, um, what's interesting, uh, there's not a segment of higher education that is more hypersensitive, I guess, to the ebbs and flows of the economy than the TCAT. Mm-hmm. So when the economy is in the tank, no one's hiring or something, unemployment's up, people are going to flock to the TCAT or the community college to retrain, to get ready for the next job, mm-hmm. to be more marketable. On the flip side of that, when the when the economy is doing well, and you can walk into a job uh, without a whole lot of training, yeah. you can just, with just a high school diploma, uh, our enrollment and the community college enrollment will typically go down. But right now, with all these extra scholarship money available and the Governor's Drive to 55 program, uh, our enrollment is up double digits. Wow. 
how how quickly can you scale up? I can start. Um, I've got 36 welding students. When I say I, we have 36 welding students right now enrolled in the school. Um, if, if we have an, another need, if if TBDN or, or Kellogg's or someone called and said, hey, I need 18 welders in less than a year. Can you handle that? I'll just start a second or third shift in the wow. welding program. All I have to do is find an instructor in three weeks. I could start a course. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that that is meeting the needs of the marketplace yeah. um, in a way that, that none of the other educational facilities can really do. Yeah, technical education by its very nature is, is a very, it's an expensive endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, 70% of our budget is funded by the state of Tennessee. Okay. Uh, and it's probably 50-50 for most schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, the, if a university or a college needs to have an additional English course, they find an adjunct professor to teach for them yeah. and start it up and, and, and things like that. For us, if I wanted to train more machinists, I'm going to have to open up a second section. I have to hire a full-time instructor. And have and the all, space. To... All the space and the consumables and things mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, I built a welding lab probably four years ago at a different campus with all the booze, the machines, and all the tools that you have to have. $600,000 startup cost. Wow. It's a little more expensive than what an English major requires. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um well, we're going to head into the last break, and we're going to come back and talk about that drive to 55 sure. and what the TCAT's doing to further meet the needs of our community in a way that uh, the other educational facilities don't, uh, and, and that's okay. No. We all have our own... We uh, all have our niche. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, one other thing before we head into break. You were the first person to say throwing shade on our podcast. <laughs> my, you are, my 19-year-old daughter would dig that. Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. back with R. Jackson Home. I'm here with Dr. Jeff Sisk, who is the director of the TCAT here in Jackson. And uh, we, we, we kind of we hinted at it, uh, the, the Tennessee Promise and the Drive to 55, and we kind of talked about it with Dr. Blanding um, in a previous podcast. But um, for those that missed that, give us, a, like, give us a, maybe a 30-second on what the Drive to 55 is, and how is the Promise helping students come to the TCAT? Sure. The, the Drive to 55 is kind of an umbrella program that Governor Haslam has introduced. Uh, within it is the Tennessee Promise and the Tennessee Reconnect. The governor's goal, hence the term Drive to 55, is that 55% of the state of Tennessee residents should have some type of post-secondary credential mm-hmm. in order to make Tennessee a more attractive workplace for potential employers to locate. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's a bachelor's degree or, or graduate level degrees or associate's degrees or post-secondary diplomas and certificates like you get at the TCAT. Mm-hmm. So he has a couple of last dollar scholarship programs that he's funded, and it's all funded out of the Tennessee lottery, mm-hmm. the proceeds from the Tennessee lottery. And so a lack of money is no longer an excuse mm-hmm. uh, to prohibit someone from pursuing that post-secondary education. So how is that? Um, have you have you seen Tennessee Promise money coming into the school? Um, do you anticipate that to be in a growing percentage of your students in the coming years? It is a smaller percentage of our students than it would be under the Tennessee Reconnect. But mm-hmm. Tennessee Promise is for recent high school graduates, and it started with last year's graduating okay. class. 
Um, I'm a Tennessee Promise mentor, so I work with five high school graduates who are now pursuing a post-secondary credential. Mm-hmm. Um, and this next class, I'm, I'm getting, I'll be assigned a couple of, probably another handful of students to work with. So the Tennessee Promise for the high school graduates who are looking to go to a TCAT or a community college tuition free. Mm-hmm. And free catches people's attention. If it's free, it's me. Absolutely. Uh, so it's an incredible marketing uh, program for uh, our schools as well. The Tennessee Reconnect are for adult learners, mm-hmm. at least 24 years old, who've been out of school for a while. Um, and it's there to encourage them to go back to uh, the TCAT to pick up um, that credential, to knock out that credential. And the Reconnect will be expanded to the community colleges this next year. So okay. they, they will identify people who are fairly close to their associate's degree, maybe mm-hmm. like 12, 15 hours, and kind of incentivize them going back to school to finish that associate's degree. So with that, you'd said earlier that your average age is like 26, 27. 27 yeah. Do you anticipate a, uh, an, a dropping of that average age because you'll be getting some students straight out of high school? Yes, yeah, slowly. Um, uh, and I, we hope that's the case. Uh, we, I probably have 60 mm-hmm. Tennessee Promise eligible students uh, mm-hmm. enrolled right now, okay. and that's double what mm-hmm. we uh, number of high school graduates, kids right out of high school coming into the TCAT. Yeah. So uh, we're not always the first option for yeah. a high school kid. Mm-hmm. We're looking, uh, but more high school graduates are looking at us right out of high school. So we're excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things where it's becoming more and more evident that factory jobs aren't what they used to be absolutely yeah and um and i think and i hope one day we i don't we don't have children yet but i hope we will be kind of parents who are like hey if this is what you want to do Mm -hmm. you can earn a wage at it and you don't have to go to college yeah there's honor in all work Mm -hmm. uh, regardless Mm -hmm. of what you do um yeah and you're exactly right this isn't your isn't your father or even your grandfather's uh manufacturing facility anymore you go into one of these places some of these tier one suppliers like the Bodine plant which Mm -hmm. is not too far from our main campus i mean it's robotics a lot of plc's it's not a lot of manual labor it's clean uh it's very um sterile it's an incredibly efficient operation uh, to watch those uh, processes unfold so yeah it's not like your 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 grandfather's plant anymore it's not dirty it's uh, and and then there's Gerdau Gerdau is amazing (laughs) Bill Kipp Bill's HR manager there he's he's a he's he's actually on my advisory committee Um, but yeah, the the metal that they handle, it's incredible uh, to watch them work. Oh, yeah. But some of their skilled folks, i got a neighbor of mine who's a, um, a supervisor out there, a crane operator, mm. super skilled jobs out yeah. there, uh, and they pay well. I, um, I've i been out there for a tour on mm-hmm. multiple occasions, and um, Ricardo Unwante it was mm-hmm. in my Leadership Jackson class, and we went there for a tour during Leadership Jackson, and I said, Ricardo, there's one thing that I want to do out here while I'm here. Yeah. And I said I want to drive one of those sky cranes. Yeah. And for some reason, <laughs> he, he wouldn't, wouldn't let me. No, do that. no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm, I you, felt you like you didn't I'd have the skill set that he needed. Well, I should have. Yeah, I could have went to TCAT for a while. <laughs> there you go. And and got that get, got that training. Um, so as we as we move towards the promise and drive it to 55, what what do you see coming up for the TCAT that's going to help help it to continue to meet the needs of mm-hmm. of uh, what what's needed? Well, uh, in a conversation earlier, it may have been off mic. We were talking about in, in today's society, uh, maybe thirty percent of the jobs 
out in the economy today require a four-year bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at least 60% of the jobs out there uh, require something beyond high school, exactly what we do and exactly what the community colleges do. So the growth for what we do and our graduates, is I, I see, is only increasing mm-hmm. over the years. Um, if some and, and you interviewed Kyle Spurgeon on a, on a different podcast, and and Kyle's very involved with the mega site over in mm-hmm. Haywood County. Yeah. Um, if if we can land a automotive manufacturer at the mega site, that that will change the landscape of West Tennessee for generations. Oh yeah, the impact that Volkswagen had in Chattanooga. It, it may be seven eight thousand jobs Volkswagen jobs right there at the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has a ripple effect of well, as well as multiple thousand jobs that support those jobs. Yeah. Um, and if we can land something like that, we're really going to increase uh, our, our, the demand for what we do will increase. We're we're about to undergo an expansion. We're adding about ten thousand square feet to various uh, and shops you guys are and located programs. Next to the airport, right next to the airport. Okay. Yeah, uh, off Grady Montgomery Drive. Uh, but yeah, we're adding. Uh, we're expanding our welding lab, heating and air lab. Uh, um, automotive technology lab as well and plus doing some interior things to reconfigure some space and I only see that happening more and more mm-hmm. in the future yeah that's when it, when we talk about someone like an automotive automotive manufacturer coming in mm-hmm. to the mega site my first concern is can we provide that number of employees yeah. and I you know with well, places well, like the TCAT yeah what'll happen is um It'll take two years to mm-hmm. build that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. maybe it's Chrysler, maybe it's whoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to locate there in 2019 will be the first car that rolls off. So they'll have a two-year ramp up. And so the community colleges, the, the, the universities, and the technical colleges will have a two-year ramp up as well. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I, I talked to a lot of HR people. Uh, some of them are really excited about that potential uh, from existing industry. Some of them are not so excited. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a competitive space to find the right people yeah. because there's not as many people that need to be skilled as there are. And so you know, uh, again, it, we'll run twenty four seven if we need to at the mm-hmm. TCAT. We'll expand. The governor's committed. Um, Randy Boyd, Commissioner Boyd, ECD mm-hmm. uh, Commissioner. He's been to the co. His number one priority in ECD is to land something at the mega site in Haywood County. And so he's going to make it happen. The governor's committed to making that happen prior to him leaving. Yeah, I don't think Jackson, I don't, we, some of us might not even recognize Jackson if that yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, it would be pretty nuts. Um, is there any specific programs that you guys might be adding? Do you have any uh, thing, any new skill areas? We're adding uh, additional sections of existing programs. Okay. Uh, we're looking at expanding um, an advanced manufacturing program mm-hmm. that trains production associates. Okay. So just like 50 years ago, your grandfather uh, working in manufacturing, you could get by with, you know, not even a high school diploma. Yeah. But now a production associate at a, at a modern manufacturing facility, you have to understand quality principles. You have to understand um, safety. You have to understand principles of maintenance or maintenance awareness. What can you do at an operator level to fix a machine or to prevent, you know, to run some preventive maintenance things mm-hmm. versus when to call in a maintenance person. Yeah. Um, so 
those folks have to have skills as well. So that's something we're looking into getting into. But the neat thing about that, a lot of that can be taught at the high school level. Mm. And that's going to be a focus of uh, so early college high. Can... Yeah, early college high for the Jackson Madison okay. County School System. That will be um, one of their programs as well. Okay. Well, Jeff, uh, thank you for coming on. And, Anytime. Uh, and for talking about such... Such, I think, an I feel, and I've been in Jackson for about eight years now, an undervalued asset in our community. I agree. Um, and and so, thank you for uh, helping make Jackson a more amazing place, and for choosing to still make it home, even though you could have gone other places. So, uh, from all of us at our Jackson home, this is the end of the podcast, and we will uh, hopefully you'll you'll hear us later. Today's podcast was produced, recorded, and hosted by me. Uh, Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. We recorded this live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website, www.atthecoe.com. And to find out more and read about how amazing Jackson is, visit Our Jackson Home.